what's up? This is JM, host of the Celebrity Grill podcast on iTunes, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling, all the time. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show. It's the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. 216-220-0966. You can also email the show if you care to do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at BBQCentralShow.com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQCentralShow. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It is the second Tuesday of the month. And traditionally, that brings a visit from the man who has created the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website. You would also argue that he is the most popular barbecue and grilling website. Just like I would argue that I'm the most popular barbecue and grilling related live show that is also a podcast. And there is a difference. Meathead will be joining us from AmazingRibs.com. We missed him last month. He comes back this month to talk about a myriad of barbecue and grilling topics. One topic that we may or may not get to has nothing to do with live fire cooking and grilling, and that is our good friend Google. What do people tell you to do when you don't know something? Where do you go to find out something that you need more information on? Where do you go if you can't remember the Barbecue Central Show's website, but you can remember BBQ Central Show? You go to Google. Well, Google continues to change up ways they search and rank and list. And, of course, being listed at the very top is many websites' goal, and not the least of which is AmazingRibs.com. So Meathead will let us in a little bit on the back door or uh, pull back the curtain, if you will, on why Google rank is important to him and perhaps what we might be able to do to help Meathead out. Uh, this is something. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on. Uh, something I. Oh, 
All right. Well, just like that, nobody on the phone. There was a phone call. There is not a phone. Anyway, Meathead in the first hour, assuming his regular role. Then we will move to the second hour, and we will be joined by a first-year sponsor of this show, somebody who has an award-winning tech product, and it relates to the barbecue and grilling industry. If you are a fan of remote thermometers, and more importantly than that, one that can give you many different readouts through a variety of different ways, cloud-based, Bluetooth-based, all that fun stuff. Yeah, you can do that. With my guest in the second hour, Ted Conrad from Fireboard, and then rounding out the show at 10.35. Uh, first time to the show, Jason Cole, who's the event organizer of the KCBS World Championship, uh, the KCBS World Championship Barbecue Organizer. We've been talking about that on the show recently. And uh, Jason Cole will be on to talk about that and why KCBS has decided to go from just a sanctioning body to now one that puts on events as well as sanctions them. So looking forward to Jason Cole coming up to close out the show. So Jason Cole at the tail end, Ted Conrad, top of the second hour, Meathead in your first hour, and I am taking your phone calls and emails as you see fit. Are you following me socially? Please do that, of course, on the Instagram at BBQ Central Show, on Twitter at BBQ Central Show, Facebook as well, where you can get this beautiful live video feed if you're so inclined, slash BBQ Central Show, like the page, and be brought up to date with everything that's happening on this show. If you are not a subscriber to the show newsletter, you get a somewhat similar reminder on Facebook as well. So. I'm happy to have you. All right, 785, you're on the line. Go ahead. Hello. Hello and goodbye. All right. That's why I don't take phone calls in this show a lot. All right, so first and foremost, I do want to acknowledge what today is. And for the vast majority of us, 17 years ago, this very day changed our lives forever, some more severely than others, to be sure. But life as we knew it changed forever that day, September 11th, 2001. We still feel the effects of it all around us, getting right down to the minutia of traveling and so forth. So I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time on this now because I'll be starting off all the interviews this evening with my guests in kind of a a remembrance or where were you that day because I refuse to let September 11th go by without some type of an acknowledgement. Actually, if you're a fan of the show, you know I refuse to let September 11th, 2001 go by at all without Mentioning it at the close of each and every show, September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. So if you want to jump in on the instant message and tell me where you were or how this date sits with you 17 years later, I'm more than happy to get it and share it on the air. If you want to give me a shout, 216-220-0966, I'll try to mix the calls in where I can, but feel free to reach out, Instagram, Instant message, through the instant chat, 
email, however you want to do it, and I will get them in as we also get feedback from the guests as well during the show. All right, quick shout out to the folks over at Bubba Burgers, hooking me up with no less than two shirts, two hats, two aprons. So while I have an overwhelming guttural decision to make, or that primal, I want to keep everything, but let's be fair, some of you are also Bubba Burger fans as I am. Now, maybe some of you aren't as willing to put yourself out in the public as I have been, like I did with Pat LaFrieda, and saying, hey, I like Bubba Burgers, to a guy who is, you know, the meat master, and he is well known for his different burger recipe blends. But I said to him right there when he was on the show, I like Bubba Burgers. He didn't seem to know too much about Bubba Burgers, but somehow, some way, the folks at Bubba Burgers must have found out that I am some kind of fan of theirs. And within the mail contained the two hats, two aprons, and two shirts. So at some point, probably on social media, in order to boost the following, that's why I'm asking you if you're following me socially on Instagram at BBQ Central Show. Give it a follow. So worth it. And we'll talk about more on that in the second hour. I will do some type of contest to give away one of those shirts, one of those hats, and one of those aprons in a package. So you can also rep your love of Bubba Burgers. By the way, in case you're wondering, is this a shill? Negative. Not a shill. Not a sponsor of the show. Just a fan of the product. In fact, we might have turned... A show contrarian to the Bubba Burger, John Solberg, former producer of the show. And I say former solely because the technology is kind of sucked. So we've had to go back to me running everything, which pretty easy to get used to John doing a lot of the logistics that you don't see. But he was a little contrarian or a little presumptive if these Bubba Burgers were actually going to be good or not. And I said, hey, got to try them first. Try them first and then tell me. Because as we all know, my flavor profile and what my palate enjoys might be considerably different than what you like. <laughs> We've known that through the decades and ages, right? Absolutely. So thanks to the folks at Bubba Burgers for the hookup and be on the lookout on social media for your chance to win a hat, a shirt, and an apron. Again, not chilling, not selling out, not paid. Get that big stuff out of here. You know I like my money. Hey, behind every great meal is a great grill, and not just a great grill, a Traeger grill. And the Timberline, Traeger's most advanced grill yet. It allows you to grill, smoke, bake, roast, braise, and barbecue like a pro, no matter what your level. Thanks to the incredible wood-fired taste. Seriously. You don't know flavor till you're cooking with it. Traeger Grills use all-natural wood pellets as fuel, so you're literally cooking with flavor. From low and slow-smoked ribs to a seared steak, even a baked apple pie, Traeger's can handle it all. And the Traeger Timberline makes it even easier thanks to the Wi-Fi capability. You can check your cooks, kick up the temperature, set custom cook cycles anywhere, all right through the Traeger Grill phone app. If I had a brisket on my cooker right now, I could go check it right now and make adjustments in-app. 
Find one at your local Traeger dealer or check them out online, TraegerGrills.com. If you want to beep up that barbecue game of yours, take a Traeger shop class. They're going on coast to coast right now, bringing barbecue knowledge and amazing wood-fired food everywhere they go. Come on. Taught by professional pitmasters like the guy I just hooked up with this past Saturday, Chad Ward. Chad Von Ward made a stop through the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city. Hooked up with him at the Jolly Scholar downtown Case Western Reserve University. We did that. You can take home the skills you need to be a barbecue master, a king of your cul-de-sac. Just take a shop class. You can find the nearest shop class to you by visiting TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Again, that's TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. Be sure to follow them on social media at Traeger Grills, even though somehow I've been banned by Traeger. Can we fix that, please, Traeger? Can we get me unbanned on the Instagram? Is that possible? But you can follow them on Instagram, even though I can't, and take advantage of social media prizes and giveaways and all that other stuff. Tag them at Traeger Grills. You never know what's going to happen. They love the grassroots stuff. So do I. Again, TraegerGrills.com or TraegerGrills.com slash shop class. And we are back with Meathead. Stick around. Be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections and marinades and rubs and seasonings and barbecue sauces and grilling oils. All Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard worldwide. Be the pit master of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com right now to stock up. Always trust your butcher. Folks, the second Tuesday of the month for each and every month of the last 37 years of me doing this show has found a visit Coming from the creator of the AmazingRibs.com website, Meathead joining us. Meathead, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? How's all the centralites today? Everybody is fabulous. Meathead, we are ready to go, baby. <laughs> it's football season. Thank goodness. Football season. Hey, Cleveland didn't lose this weekend. I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like if it's if it's it's technically not a loss, but I can tell you what it's definitely not. It's not a win. Oh Jesus! Don't talk to me. My my Bears once again had their hearts ripped out of them by uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't know if anybody followed it, but leading twenty to nothing in the third quarter, they managed to lose twenty four to twenty three. Oh my goodness! Hard to get sympathy from a guy who has won one and thirty one the past two seasons. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. True, true, true. Hey, hey I want to set the record straight. Go ahead. You're, 
your email sent out and your notice on the website on, on Facebook here says yes. that I had more pressing issues. Nothing is more pressing than talking to you. Incorrect, but, Meathead. Incorrect. That was way more pressing. No, my well, my brother-in-law, my who also is my best friend. How many people can say that? Had quadruple bypass surgery, so Yikes. that was a little more pressing, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. I just don't like the intonation that it was more important than you. This was, you know, something I had to do. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, certainly. Uh, the, maybe the, that was not the tone I meant. I meant, of course, if you're going to be missing, no. there's something uh, that is way more important than that should be handled. So. Uh, Nothing's more important than being with you. Right. Well, you are and back. I, you know, I'm pretty serious about that. I love yeah. talking to you, Greg. You're back and better than ever. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining us here. Uh, Meathead, before we get into some of the topics, uh, I wanted to start with each guest this evening and uh, do a little remembrance of 17 years ago this very day. It's uh, not often that this show actually falls on September 11th, although it has during the course of its genesis, but... As you look back 17 years ago, uh, where were you and what were those initial emotions that wash over you as something that has never happened like this on the soil is taking place? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, pretty powerful stuff. I mean, it's one of those things that you never forget. You know, there are a handful of them. I remember where I was when Kennedy was shot. I'm that old. And... uh I was right here. Um, I, I sit when I talk to you, but I have a standing desk, and this is my desk. I work here, and I've been working here for many years. And uh, I was here, and there was, I think, a, a, a news snippet on the radio. And so behind that door there is my dining room, and there's a TV in there. And I went in, and I switched it on. And I switched it on just a few minutes before the second plane hit the second tower. And... Just like everyone else, it was like it hit me in the gut, you know. I mean, it hit the tower, but it also hit me. And I'm, I'm sure most of your guests are going to echo these same experiences. Not many of us saw the first plane, but uh, so many of us saw the second plane. Yeah. And I just, my, my knees got weak. I had to sit down at the dining table and watch. And, uh, you know, you, it, it all it runs through your mind. Are these the Russians? Are these who? Who's we? I mean, it was clear to me we were under attack. I, I, I mean, people don't just for jollies grab an airliner, and of course, all the news came streaming in about canceled flights. I was scheduled to fly the next day on the twelfth mm -hmm. to from home here in Chicago to um, Ithaca, New York, where I was going to lecture at Cornell University, and then from Ithaca, I was going down to Florida Atlantic University where I was going to lecture, and, uh, I, you know, it, for people who may not remember who are less than, you know, 20 years old or yep. so, all air traffic was canceled. And, uh, you know, it soon became apparent that only one airplane was left up there, or most airplanes have been pulled up, and that was, you know, the one over Shanksville, and uh, it was just a, s a series of dramas. I don't remember all the details but, uh, you know, for weeks afterwards, the nation was paralyzed. Uh, I, many of your listeners, I suspect, lived through it and remember it, although it was 17 years ago. Yep. So I fear that many of your listeners think of it as history from the history book. And, and there was just nothing like it in American history 
um, uh, with the possible exception of Pearl Harbor, which also killed somewhere in the same neighborhood of 3,000 Americans. Um, uh, in Pearl Harbor, most of the deaths were military. Um, there were 2,977 died on or soon after September 11th, not counting the hijackers, um, or the rescue workers, many of whom died later and yeah. are still struggling. Correct. But, you know, I there are other things that still haunt me. Soon after that, we invaded Afghanistan. We thought to find the people who started this and kill them, but we ended up fighting the same people the Russians fought and lost, the Taliban. And to date, I looked this up, 2,400 American military people died and 20,000 were wounded in Afghanistan. Wow. 17 years later, the war is still going on. Yep. I don't know what we're doing there and what we're accomplishing there. Um, and then in March, uh, just a couple of years later, we attacked Iraq. And I never understood what we were doing that for. And 4,500 died there, more than in Afghanistan, and 32,000 wounded. So we're talking about... 7,000 dead and 50,000 wounded in 72, 17 years when 3,000 died on September 11th. Hmm. So our, our response to it was disproportionately damaging to both us and who knows how many Afghanis and Iraqis died, many of whom probably deserved to, but many of whom probably didn't. And then we're talking about the tens of thousands of American and Iraqi families who have been traumatized by the death. And you, you lose a loved one in, in a war and you never recover. Sure. Or sure. they come home wounded. Or they come home sound. But their brain is never... I mean, killing people is not easy and it affects everyone's brains. So the whole thing had this domino effect that has affected hundreds of thousands of people. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, 2020 hindsight, I, I wonder how well we responded to it. And then you try to put it in perspective. I mean, we go, we, we freak out over 3,000 horrific deaths 17 years ago, but every year, 30,000 plus die in car accidents. Why haven't we declared war on Detroit? Why haven't we fixed the automobile problems? Um, 23,000 gun suicides in, in 2016 and 14,000 homicides. Um, uh, you know, just, just Hurricane Maria, 3,000 alone, more than on September 11th died. And we have government officials saying that we handled Maria perfectly. So I don't know. I mean, 3,000 is a lot of people, and we shouldn't diminish it. We also have to keep in a perspective, I think, all the other byproducts of that war mm. and other tragedies that go on in this country that we don't respond to with the same urgency. I don't know, I, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about barbecue and I try very hard not to talk about politics. 
Um, I, I don't want to upset or offend anyone, and people who love barbecue get offended when you start getting off topic. But it's a it's a powerful and passionate issue. Uh, let's go ahead and get back on topic, then, Mita, because I agree with you. <laughs> Uh, it, it is. It, it is I did. I did. I did. Um, but you know, uh, you know, in, in my, it's my fervent belief that no one should ever forget what happened. And you know, my daughter, who is seventeen years old, was oh. months old. Uh, you know, literally three, four months yeah, old. Yeah. Uh, when it had five, five months maybe. Um, so she technically, you know, was alive for it, but doesn't remember really anything about it. So she's watching it through internet articles and stuff on television that I saw firsthand and tried to figure out if we were, if this was just a domino effect of other cities are going to get stuff flown into them or now there's bombs uh, or something's going to be in the water. I mean, that was thought of as well. So, you know, and I was 17 years younger and a lot more naive and all that stuff. So, um, but you know, the effort here is to make sure that uh, for at least while I'm here, we're not going to forget about it or that it just becomes some relic of history that uh, people don't really have an attachment to. And maybe that's how it is for people that, you know, like you said, you remember when Kennedy uh, was shot. So that's probably something you hold a little bit more closely than I would since I wasn't around for it or that I didn't live through it. And when you live through something like this, you hold it a little bit more near and dear to your heart and you, and you hope that people don't forget. But time wears on, no doubt about it. So uh, we are... Now in the midst of college football season, Meathead, of course, that is a huge tailgating season. And, of course, professional football has no slouches when it comes to tailgating either. I live in a city that is a huge tailgate city. You do as well, a number of the other NFL cities. What do you like about tailgating, and and what is tailgating to Meathead? Uh, It's just great fun. I'm going to uh, my wife's undergraduate alma mater, Northern Illinois University in DeKalb, Illinois, mm-hmm. um, about an hour and a half hour west of Chicago in the middle of a cornfield. Uh, <laughs> nice little university. And uh, occasionally they, they muster a decent team. They made it to the Orange Bowl a couple of years ago. And uh, we're heading out there uh, Saturday for a tailgater. Uh, you know, it's just friendship. It's fellowship. It's party atmosphere. It's celebration. It's our tribe versus your tribe, you know, we we hate Miami University, you know, uh, the Miami of Ohio, that is. Hey, good um, news. I hate Miami of Ohio as well, <laughs> yeah. being a former Bobcat. Yeah, yeah. And so, And I use a Mac University. It's not one of the big Power Five conferences. But they play a pretty good brand of ball, and uh, uh, usually they only attract 15,000, 20,000, so you get a good seat. And, you get to watch a pretty good, decent ball game, and a few of those guys make it to the pros. And uh, it's just fun. It's just fun. And, and, of course, the food. You know, there's a connection between football and and, and tailgating, and that is the gridiron. Um, football hmm. is called the gridiron. just like what used to be the name for the grate upon which we cook food. It was originally called a grid iron. It was an iron grid that we cooked food. That was the origin of the name. Football grid iron came later. And, of course, football is played with pigskin. Right. Well, I guess it's not really pigskin anymore. <laughs> but I think the connection between uh, football and food is as natural as any. And uh, I look forward to going out there. And, uh, you know, so- sometimes it's just hot dogs. Or hot dogs and hamburgers. I've done steaks. Um, I got this really cool little 
pizza cooker I've been wanting, I've been trying, I've been cooking with, and I suggested to my wife we take it out there, and she said she nixed the idea. But, you know, it's always, you know, planning the event. And, and there are a couple of tips I'd like to share for you guys if you're planning on tailgating. And number one, you want to check the rules. you got to go to the mm. website. Some tailgating venues do not permit charcoal. Um, some of them don't permit cooking at all, so you got to check that. Um, most of them permit cooking. But a lot of them don't permit charcoal, so you want to check that. <clears throat> and you want to check the opening time. I like to get there early, and I like to take, I take a bunch of eggs and crack them open, throw them in a bowl, mix in some onion and some cheese, and I pour them in a plastic milk jug. And now I've got scrambled eggs, and I just get out to the uh, game, and we pour them onto a griddle on top of a small gas. I like to bring a gas grill. I don't bring charcoal to tailgaters. Um, it takes time to start up. And what do you do with it when you head for the game? It's still smoldering. You don't want to push it under the car, right mm, under the gas tank. No way. Uh, so a gas, gas grill, I take a small portable gas grill. And by the way, if you're shopping for a tailgate grill, as you know, and hopefully your listeners know, Max Good, who works for us full-time, tests grills and smokers for a living. What a great job he has. He has his top eight tailgate grills mm. On our website, they're called Pitmaster Awards, and they range in price from cheapo to elaborate. So check out his ratings. He's got more than uh, 50 or so tested and rated, but he picked his top eight. So pick up a good tailgate grill. Like I say, I'm, I lean towards gas. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, uh, you know, I've been known to cook up some really good steaks. Uh, But, um, you know, you don't want to get too elaborate. You're not going to do ribs or brisket. Uh, you know, it, it, it just, you, you don't, it, convenience more important. You don't have to show off. And, and there's three approaches. You can do all your cooking at the game. And if you're going to do that, things that cook fast like burgers and dogs and steaks and chicken and stuff are the answer there. Yep. Fajitas um, and so on. Wings. Or you can bring cooked foods that you've chilled. So you could cook something the day before and then chill it down, throw it in a cooler, bring it, and then warm it. But you're serving leftovers that way. Not my favorite approach, but it works. I mean, leftover wings can be reheated and they can be delicious. Or you can bring hot food. If it's a late-day game, like a 3 o'clock kickoff or something, you can get up early and cook up a bunch of food. And throw it in a beer cooler. You know, beer coolers not only cool keep things cold, but they also keep things hot. Right. Call it a faux cambro. Uh, you could do a pork butt. You know, start it in the wee hours and uh, bring a pork butt and uh, rip it apart and shred it there and do uh, pulled pork. Um, so they, there, there are three approaches to doing that. Um, uh, and don't forget to do things like, you know, bring, br bring paper towels, bring water for cleanup and washing. Bring a, gar a, a, a liquor box for a garbage box and garbage bags. Um, uh, don't don't forget uh, don't forget the tickets. <laughs> um, chairs. Uh, if you're bringing charcoal, bring a chimney, cutting board, uh, beer, plenty of drinks, plenty of drinks. Um, I, I like to do Bloody Marys, and I rim the glass with. Uh, A, uh, a, a a barbecue rub. I mm -hmm. do my Memphis dust on, on the rim of the glass. Are you into micheladas? 
Uh, you, they're like, yeah, I, I, I'm not into mm. it, but I've done it and I like it. Uh, t- t- <laughs> tell your audience what a Michelade is. It's, uh, I think, a beer with Bloody Mary mix and then a, like a rub on the top or something, something along like those that, lines. Yeah. yeah. Bloody Mary wow. beer. Once upon a time, you and I were out in Las Vegas for an event that uh, where um, um, uh, several of us. Uh, teamed up and we cooked a we made a bloody mary with a barbecue rub around the rim and we used a a pork rib as a swizzle stick and oh we boy. we won the little competition there yeah you remember um, what the name of that drink was yeah i don't remember i think i think robin made up the name and yeah. it was filthy it was called rim job <laughs> ah, shit, robin made that. oh my god <laughs> all right good night everybody meathead i'm getting in Question upon question in the instant chat. What the hell is on the desk there? Is that a uh, rib bone or or what? Off to your right there on the top. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, I, I I brought it in to remind myself to talk about this jerky. No, no. This is my my wife planted a variety of sweet red pepper called carmine, hmm. and it it's an Italian variety. It's a it's a it's a slender, long, but it ripens red, and um, we dehydrate it. I throw it on the smoker. This has been smoked. It's I split it in half and dehydrate it and put it on the smoker. And when it gets good and dry, I throw it in the uh, uh, the mix master or uh, uh, the coffee grinder, yep. and I make. The most wonderful smoked paprika. Oh, really? It's so easy to do, um, and it's just, or you can just chop it up and put it in a jar, and you know, uh, use it in your cooking. Red pepper flakes, um, with without being hot red pepper flakes. We also do it without smoking it; just dry it out and make great paprika. This particular breed, Carmine, makes really great paprika, but it works with a lot of red peppers. Or it works with jalapenos, serranos. You can make hot. Just pick your peppers, split them open, gut them. I like to take the peppers, I mean, the seeds out. And and most of the heat is in the ribs. It's actually, they're called the placenta. Uh-huh. Uh, you can take the ribs out, and that's where the heat is. Depends on how much heat you like. I get rid of the seeds because they stick in my teeth, and they don't have that much heat. Um, and then you can dry them out. You can dry them on a smoker. You can dry them in your oven. Keep the temperature down, down around 200, 212. You just want to slowly dry them out, um, get them dry and crisp, and then you can grind them into a powder or chop them into chunks. The other thing that I love to do at this time of year is cherry tomatoes. Um, uh, Cherry tomatoes, if you pick a bunch, and if you plant two cherry tomato plants, you get (laughs) enough cherry tomatoes to fill a bathtub. Oh, yeah. Um, and you're always over overstocked in cherry tomatoes. I pick them and I stab them with a, a sharp knife or a, a pointed fork so that there's some holes in them. Throw them on the smoker, keep the temperature low, under 225, and um, uh, dehydrate them until they're tender like um, raisins. And uh, they're incredible. Really? They're like raisins. They're really sweet. They're really rich. They have this smoky flavor. They're fabulous on a focaccia. Throw them on a salad, um, on a pizza. There are just a million things you can do with them. Um, whatever you could do with a raisin, 
you can do with a smoked cherry tomato raisin, and they're just unbelievable. They're great fun, um, and, and I asked my wife, uh, uh, it, she had a big bowl of the cherry tomatoes if I should start smoking them, and she told me, no, we still have some left over from last year, oh. and we use them, so they're just great and great fun. So this time of year is a good time for smoking peppers and cherry tomatoes. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining us here on the show, and we will be right back with him as we lead to the first break. We're going to be talking about griddling next. That's very exciting. You know what else is exciting? Big Papa Smokers. That's right. Head on over to the one-stop shop for all things barbecue-related. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs to the American-made grills and smokers. Something for everybody at that website. They're also known for their popular rub flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Parade, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. They offer 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Also have that partnership with Simply Marvelous Barbecue, which is known as the West Coast Offense. And they own the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce that'll please everyone, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny Sauce and other top-rated sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from all of that, they have the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers on the market today. Looking for a versatile smoker easy to use? Yeah. Mac Two-Star General Pellet Grill. That's right, the Big Papa Smoker, the exclusive Mac dealer. They even offer special packages that nobody else can. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Fine. Take a look at the old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. If you're not sure what you need, you can't go wrong with whatever is offered on BigPapaSmokers.com. Something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. Here's what you do. If you have questions, you give them a shout, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And if you're looking for some new cooking videos, I believe the website is Cooking with Big Papa. You can probably put it in Google if you want. And uh, Sterling has released like four, six, maybe eight new, somewhere in that six to ten minute cooking video. So I think it's called Cooking with Big Papa. Check it out. Really fun, simple, full of flavor. There's a Brussels sprouts one that I'm going to try over the weekend. It looks absolutely dynamite. And only three ingredients. That's my kind of recipe. Three ingredients. One of them's butter. Meathead out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Cookinpellets.com is bringing you the number one wood pellet for all your pellet-driven cookers. If you go to cookinpellets.com, you can buy and peruse what they have to offer. Some other things aside from wood pellets. You can also buy from Amazon.com to purchase as well. Download their free app and be alerted to great shipping deals. That's cookinpellets.com. And Meathead joining me once again. Meathead, let's talk a little bit about griddling, one of your 
I don't say it's like a new thing that you're into because we've talked about it from time to time, but what do you like about griddling? Well, uh, Paul Sidoriak brought it to my attention. I mean, I, I have always had a cast iron griddle, sure. which I often toss on my grill, and there are some things that are really good on that griddle. But Paul, who works for us in uh, marketing, um, wrote, recently wrote a book um, on griddle grilling uh, called The Backyard Griddle Cookbook, and it's on Amazon by Paul Sidoriak, S-I-D-O-R-I-A-K, and he is kind of like the leading proponent of griddling. Really? And, um, you know, I've always kind of thought, you know, it's kind of like just cooking in a frying pan. But there are some things that you can do with a griddle on your grill that are really cool, and one of the things that's happened that Paul brought to my attention is that um, there are some griddle grills. They're about the size of a gas grill. I mean, they're, you know, like four or five feet long, and they have a big metal surface, a flat top. You know, when you go to Joe's Bar and Grill, they don't have what you and I think of as a grill. They have a flat top, right. a plancha, a griddle. And... Um, uh, you know, Joe is cooking up burgers and stuff on that uh, hot metal flat top surface. And Blackstone, for example, has a 36 incher that I think is under 200 bucks. Um, a camp chef has one, uh, a couple of them. And, uh, so they're really interesting. They're not expensive and they're a cool idea to take to. Your tailgater. Do you know what uh, I – let me ask you this question, Meathead, because I'm sure you've yeah. had the ability to play around with these or at least talk to Max, who's had some ability to play around with these. Mm -hmm. I think, to me, I see them at a big box store or I'll see them online with people doing some reviews. Yeah. Are they even front to back and left to right on heat? That's the only concern that I would have is that you would have a lot of hot and cool spots, which I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, I can't answer that. Paul knows better than I. I haven't laid hands on enough of them to answer that. Mm -hmm. I would assume that's a major part of their um, appeal. And you know, I've just I, since Paul put the book out, he he's in our marketing department. Um, I went to him and I said, Paul, you know, we got to grow this section. I've been using a large cast iron griddle on my gas grill a lot. I mean, for example, salmon. Uh, we stumbled into a, a street fair in Portland, Oregon, several years ago, where this guy had a griddle, a big, you know, flat top griddle on the street, and he was cooking salmon, fresh ocean salmon in Oregon, and he started it meat side down, not skin side down, hmm. and uh, you know, so it's that little curvy side, and pressed it down flat until it was golden brown. And uh, then he flipped it over to the skin side and put a dome over it. Um, I mean, this is really the same kind of thing that, that chefs do. They start a piece of fish in a frying pan, and then they stick it in the oven. But he puts a dome on it, or if you're on a gas grill, you just close the lid. So it's pan roasting, essentially, and you can get the skin really crispy like potato chips, and you can get gorgeous golden sear and you can throw, um, I, I, we, we have gardens, and I, we take, you know, basil, oregano, and throw it on the gas grill, mm. and it pumps out smoke, 
which if you put a, a dome over it, I just got a big metal mixing bowl that I put over there, it gets trapped under there, and you get that nice smoke-flavored deposits. It cooks quickly, but you get this delicate smoke flavor, which you can't get in a frying pan in the house. So I like throwing a griddle on top of a gas grill better than I like having a standalone griddle grill but having a standalone griddle grill, as Paul has demonstrated in his book, gives you some really fun things you can do. Um, I mean, you know, you know pancakes, uh, eggs, uh, uh, you know, fish, uh, uh, shrimp, and so on. But I like, I work with my cast iron. I talked with Paul today, and I said, Paul, can we grow this section on our website? Because I want to know what's better cast iron or stainless steel hmm. now a lot of burger joints cook their burgers on stainless steel how come which is better cast iron or stainless steel a lot of places um i've worked with a salt block salt blocks uh -huh. are really cool um probably not uh, economical in a restaurant sense though right no although there is a restaurant in oklahoma i think where she has an entire cook surface made of salt blocks real yeah, yeah, I read about her in a magazine somewhere. Um, the, another option, of course, is I, 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 we recently redid our kitchen, and I had the guy who put the countertop down give me the sink cutout. We used quartz mm -hmm. as a countertop, and I took the sink cutout, which is the size of a sink. we got a big sink. Yep. And now I've got this inch-and-a-half thick piece of quartz, and I've been griddling on that. Soapstone. So there's all these griddle surfaces um, uh, that are interesting and that could be fun to play with. So I've asked Paul to expand on it. I'm not the expert other than I've done some things on my cast iron griddle and some of the other things I have. And I see that there's interesting potential, especially if you put, I mean, things like dried herbs, even hay on a gas grill, put out big poofs of smoke which you can capture and flavor things like fish all right fun thing to play with let's ask this question because i've asked the only other person i've ever heard mention hay and smoke is your friend yeah. and mine Stephen reichland barbecue hall of fame yeah yeah hay or straw oh uh-huh guess what oh. he does the same thing i'm going to tell you what it is by the way okay i mean so, I know that I know that hay and straw are often or or straw, and I don't know that I don't know which, are often used for things like oysters, um, and I've done that. Um, obviously, you want clean straw. You don't want something that a horse has been rolling in. All right. Or, so here's what I, I I think I'm giving the proper information, and as we all yeah, know, the sure. centralites will take me immediately to task if I give uh -huh. the wrong information. Of course they will. Straw is something that you are mucking a stall with, uh, that you go down to the horse pen, you get bales of straw. This is something that you would also see like uh, for Halloween or something along these lines. And you go ahead, bust that open, throw it down over the horse stalls so you soak up some of the mud. There's no nutritional value in that. That's straw. Hay uh -huh. is what you are cutting down and what you can actually, farmers like to sell, you know, first cut of Hay is going to bring this much, and you're going to feed your livestock with it. But then, once you know, depending on how the season is going, you go in for a second cut, and the second cut is 
more rich and more vitamin enhanced so you can get huh. more for the second cut. Heaven forbid you should get a third cut. Farmers are going through the roof. It's like better than pornography and they get a third cut. That, I believe, is the stuff that you actually want to smoke with. It's the hay and not the straw. I, I don't know. All I know is every time I smoke with dried herbs or hay or straw, somebody comes up and says, are you, are, are you, are you smoking dope? <laughs> it, 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 it smells illegal. But um, if you want to create a puff of smoke, thick and heavy white smoke, not blue smoke, for things that cook fast, yep. like a thin steak or a piece of fish or shrimp, um, that's the way to do it. Um, and uh, and you, and it's good with a griddle. And uh, we've got this page that Paul put together on griddling and techniques he's learned with links to his book and some recipes and some of the gadgets. Because I'm looking at it now, and there's like a little 17-inch standalone griddle. Hmm. So it, it stands like, you know, it's got a little propane burner. So it's an interesting thing to play with. There are, I mean, um, people who are into pizza know about the pizza steel. It's a piece of steel that you use instead of a pizza stone. Uh, also, grill grates has a plancha or a platen. So there's a variety of things you can play with. The guys over at Slow and Sear have a half moon shaped stainless steel griddle that goes with the Slow and Sear. Um, uh, you can get infrared gun thermometers. Um, I got one pretty handy because I've been cooking pizzas. If you're into pizzas, you need one of these guys. Blind you and wow, your readers. Look at that thing. Yeah. Nice little thing here. Looks like a Glock and, 19. Uh, so, um, just a, a new technique, fun way to cook, um, things you can experiment with, and, um, um, you know, just a new approach to cooking on the grill. Uh, Meathead, we got about seven minutes or so left. Can we touch on frying? I know you're a big yeah. proponent of frying outside and moving all the spatter and heat and uh, ickiness out into the yard instead of doing it in the house. Oh, yeah. Well, we talk about fun new ways to cook outdoors, and you know me. I'm all about cooking outdoors, and I'm always try experimenting. Um, I mean, I love fried chicken. Who loves fried chicken? Everybody out there loves Everybody fried chicken. Everybody loves fried chicken. Everybody's hand is up. Okay, how many of you cook fried chicken? Most everybody's hands come down. KFC Why? cooks it. Popeye's cooks it, but not me. Because it stinks. Right. It's too hard. It takes too much time. It's messy. The list Mess goes on. Is the big right. it, I mean, it just spatters all over the stove, all over the counter. It gets in the, in the exhaust fan, um, sets off the smoke alarm. Um, uh, you got to deal with the, the, the drip drying and everything. Okay. Get yourself a, a two or three or four quart cast iron Dutch oven. Mm -hmm. Take it out to your gas grill. It's better on a gas grill than a charcoal grill because you can really control the temp. Pour a couple of inches of cooking oil in there. You can use any old-fashioned cooking oil and bring the temp up to 375. Try not to go over 400 because you start affecting the quality of the oil. You're gonna, your, your sweet spot for cooking is around 350. Now, it varies from this, that, and the other thing, but let's just say 350 is your target. So you're going to get it up to around 375. 
when it hits 37, you can use your regular old thermopanty or any old right. thermometer to right. measure the temp. And you take your chicken, you get a bowl, and you put flour in it. You get another bowl, and you crack an egg or two in there, and you beat it gently. You start by rolling the chicken in the flour. Oh, excuse me. You start by seasoning the chicken. All the cookbooks get this wrong. Oh. They all tell you to add salt and pepper to the flour. Right. Season the flour. Dumb. You season the meat, just like you do everywhere else. You season the meat. Put your salt and pepper on the meat so you've got the right amount. Why are you going to season the flour and then throw half the flour out? Rub your meat. You have no control over how much flour is on the meat. Season the meat. And you can season it with salt and pepper. You can use your favorite um, poultry rub or whatever you want. And you season the meat. Then you roll it in the flour. Then you dunk it in the eggs. And then you come back to the flour. And fairly quickly after that second dunk in flour, you don't want the flour to get really, really wet, into the hot oil. And you just close the lid. And it can take 15 to 20 minutes. It takes a while to cook chicken. Um, you're going to take it up to 160, 165 at the most. And um, uh, you get this gorgeous golden crust, as good as you'll get from any restaurant. And anybody who loves fried chicken knows it's best when hot. Yep. It starts deteriorating rapidly as it cools off. You go to KFC and you bring it home in a bucket. When you get home, it's all soggy and blah. Um, so when it's, when it's golden and it's perfect, you take it out of the oil and you lay it on the indirect side of the grill. So if you've got three burners, you got one burner right on the Dutch oven that brings the temp up to 375, but the other side is off. So you lay the chicken there and it just drips. Now you can put it on paper or whatever you want if you're doing a lot. You don't want too much of it to drip on your burners. But if it's just a few pieces, who cares if it's just on your burners? When you turn them on, it all just burns off and smokes off. But you close the lid, and it continues to cook by carryover, so you can get it up to safe temp. You've got perfect color, really crispy. You can do batch after batch after batch. You don't want to crowd the Dutch oven too much. You don't want to get too much because cold chicken in a, in, in a, in a bucket of oil is going to bring the temp down real fast. And like I said, 350 is your ideal cooking temperature. You put five, six, seven pieces in that oil, and it'll dive under 300 in a hurry. So you want to keep it down around 350, three, four, five pieces at the most. And you can just bang them out. Just bang them out. If you want really crunchy crust, there's some techniques you can play with, like putting a little milk in the flour. It makes it a little crunchy. I got... I've written about this on the site, and I've got a good recipe for a tempura-type beer batter. So for things like onion rings, um, we planted shishito peppers in our garden this year. They're wonderful, breaded or, or dipped in a batter and then fried. And who cares if it spatters? Who cares if it smokes? You're outdoors. You're, and 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 wonderful. Now there's a tailgate food you can do. Sure. Bring a little gas grill, um, uh, a Dutch oven, some oil, and fried chicken all day long. It's it, the stuff is fantastic and it works. Chicken, fish, fish tacos, any I mean anything you want to fry. Um, Clint Cantwell, as a friend of our both of ours, as you know, did fried Snickers bars recipe on oh, our dear. website. So we got a bunch of fried stuff on the website all of a sudden. We're, we're branching out. We're into fried foods. But why not? 
This is why you go to AmazingRibs.com, not only for the normal stuff, but to broaden the horizons, like when it comes to frying <laughs> stuff. And this is why we have them on each and every month. Meathead, always appreciate the time, and we will look for you again in October, my friend. Always good to talk to you in the Centralites. This is my highlight of the month. There he is, Meathead Goldwyn. That's right. All guests appear via the Traeger Grills hotline. Highlight of the month. Mm-hmm. Yummy. Meathead, you have nothing better going on? <laughs> Just kidding. All right, so there you have it. If you've never been, you're missing out. AmazingRibs.com. Oh, by the way, you have 24 extra dollars or so to spare, and you would like to get some extra value-added insight, camaraderie, pit casts and all that stuff look at the pitmasters club forum join that 24 bucks for the year get access to a forum some exclusive podcast which i hope and then support through your fellow internet mates it's great all right who likes sausage who likes barbecue i do i do Southside market barbecue Established in 1882, Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas and has been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground and a natural pork casing. And of course, the authentic Central Texas barbecue. All meats, including the prime briskets, slow and low smoked for many hours over Texas post oak wood. Shipping nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. Shipping fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness. Upon arrival, all meats are processed in the on-site USDA inspected facility. And the meat markets for fresh and custom smoked orders, come on, let's go. Two restaurants for you to eat in, Elgin, Texas, since 1882, as I had mentioned at the top, and Bastrop since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. Here's the payoff, 10% off coupon for everything that you purchase online at southsidemarket.com. Use checkout code BBQCENTRAL, one word, lowercase, that's BBQCENTRAL, for 10% off your entire online order at southsidemarket.com. Get the sausage slammer. Get the cheddar jalapeno sausage. Get the beef sausage. That's what it's all about. The beef sauce. Get it. BBQ Central. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously, correct or connect via the Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. If you have Alexa or Google, you're in luck. Integrated with both, fireboard.com, the website, 816-945-2232. And we thank Meathead for joining me this past segment. Again, his website, amazingribs.com. That's amazingribs.com. And again, if you have the 24 bucks to spare, think about joining the Pitmasters Club. If you go to amazingribs.com, just click on the Pitmasters Club to give you the whole breakdown of what you get for the money. And quite frankly... Hard to find a better value for 24 bucks in the barbecue and grilling world right now. 
We are back to reload into the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> 